Namaste and Hari Om. This is Kishore Trivedi welcoming you to today's episode of Know Your Dharma program on Radio Naira. As you know, this radio program is part of Know Your Dharma initiative of the Hindu Society of North Carolina. In the past recordings of both these audio clips as well as the uh, other parts of uh, Know Your Dharma's initiative can be found on the KYD tab of hsnctemple.org website. Today, we continue with uh, our guest who was uh, there last week, uh, Anju Bhargav, who is, a, who is the founder of Hindu American Seva Communities and a former member of President Barack Obama's uh, inaugural uh, Advisory Council on Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. I know that's a mouthful. Professionally, she was a banker, and with her peers, she helped create a corporate diversity network and augmented Governor Whitman's leadership initiatives in New Jersey. Today's topic is uh, how Anjuban evolved in her understanding of Dharma. Anjuban, you spent the first part of your life in India and more recent decades in US. I assume your understanding of Dharma has evolved during these two periods. Yes, uh, Namaste Kishorji, and thank you for inviting me to your program again. Uh, it's really an honor to be here. So, I left India when I was 20 years old. And during that period of my time before coming over here was basically a student life. Um, so my understanding um, of Hinduism and Dharma was really just learned by observation. Uh, watching my grandmothers, what they did and the pujas that they did and uh, they went to the temples. And my mother was involved with uh, charity work and seva work. Um, we, we were not really taught, um, you know, in a classroom setting that this is what Hinduism is. It was just, it was there. Stories were told, you observed and you learned. And uh, my family actually went to a number of teachers and I trace it back to my grandfather who was the general manager of Reserve Bank of India in the 1930s. Uh, he was in Chennai and he was one of the witnesses of uh, Ramna Maharshi's will signing. And he took my father, who was eight years old then, with him. So my grandfather and my father were all seekers. They were more on the Vedantic side and uh, so there were a lot of books at home. Uh, about Vedanta, who am I, what am I, and I, my father was my role model in many ways, so I used to also read some of the books that were in the house that got left from my grandfather and my father's own development. So that's how I sort of ob observed and read and got a base foundation which helped and prepared me for when I came to America. Yeah, so basically the, the way in which we learn in India is through osmosis, like you described. And so when you came to U.S., uh, did, uh, when did your interest in Dharma uh, arise uh, to right. you to more reading or whatever? So when I came to the U.S., uh, the first thing was, um, as you can imagine, was just survival because we didn't really have a safety net. And I got uh, an MBA from Rutgers and uh, we were um, and got a job and uh, my daughter was born and we were just working and 
trying to build uh, ourselves up and when she was about two two and a half years old she was she was going to montessori school at that time she asked me why do i look different so i attribute my journey of life in america of the search to my daughter asking me the question because the india i grew up in was a pluralistic india in school um, i went to uh, the the catholic schools but there were people of all different faiths there um in, uh, religion wasn't uh, pulled out that much um and uh, diversity was just around and my daughter became conscious of it and i i personally didn't think i was different when i was growing up but even at the age of 2 she was aware that she's different and so for me it was okay how do i make her be proud of who she is how do i make her be comfortable in her skin and um and have the the strength that i am i am of this tradition i am of this culture and i live in america so i i've discovered that when you talk about from my perspective indian culture um and festivals uh, hindu culture it's really tied to what we would quote and quote call this religion or stories behind it because every festival which is how we observe the tradition outside is tied to a story so then i had to, then i went back to try to create more of a learning environment for her at that time we did not have the kind of uh, like vivekananda vidyapeeth and other kinds of classes uh so we created a group of us created our own classes to try to teach the children the basics of shlokas and we learned in the process itself and that's how i got started in america to uh, learning in order to teach my daughter and trying to find what aspects of the hindu tradition culture religion would help her be i guess a better hindu american or a better american and be able to be comfortable in the world now in which she was growing up in which was different from my world so i was trying to teach her as you had rightfully pointed out it was an osmosis but it was more of um you know uh distilled teaching so that she had that base foundation yes indeed in in this country we we can depend on osmosis we have to be more active in learning and teaching our kids and these days of course it's much easier we have yes. many different opportunities many different groups like bal vihar of chennai mission or sanskar gurukul at our hsnc and bal mukund of um, jk yoga and so on so there, there are right. such op- opportunities and i would urge our listeners if they have young children to take advantage of this Mm-hmm. and, and yes. that way you know there is this famous acronym uh, abcd uh, mm-hmm. which uh, should be taken as american born confident desis absolutely you make them confident desis not confused desis right if you if you take them through this uh, these various uh, avenues of learning about our heritage which is very rich and we should be very proud of whereas some people decide to uh go totally that we want to forget about all that and we want to become totally western and american which is fine for some people but for most of us 
uh, we want to retain our identity and be American-born confident desis. Right. Now, who were the major influences uh, and wh- what were the major sources of information that you used in uh, teaching the children? Um, I actually a whole varied uh, group of teachers uh, that I had. Uh, 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 I participated with the Satya Sai Baba group with the Bal Vihar classes to create. Uh, at that time, there were no classes being taught, so we created our own one-hour schedule um, so that uh, we could teach the children um, the shlokas and tell them stories. I also happened to live at that time in a, a, a city called Livingston in New Jersey, where most of us were by trial and error trying to learn this. And the community did come together and we had a Diwali function. So the children, when my daughter was four years old, for example, she became she was Sita in a play that I wrote and others, you know, we, we just did our own homegrown stuff at that time. And the children in the community participated and we did Garba and, uh, you know, we enacted different things so that um, the children got that perspective of the tradition, even though it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't that everybody, the mainstream community was celebrating at that time. Today is a different matter. Today, Diwali is, everybody is aware of Diwali, everybody is celebrating Diwali and so on. But I'm talking about that time. And we did not even have role models. There were not that many people who had grown children, who had grown up in the system that you could look up to and say, oh, this is how, you know, this is why this is important or that is important. It was an experiment for us in terms of teaching the children. My sources were um, uh, from our, I, I was lucky enough that every time I went to India, my parents gave me a lot of books and I uh, was able to synthesize and and teach the stories from the Panchan Tantra and so on to my daughter. So Sai Baba group of people were very helpful in teaching um, the children. We had a small group of a few children that uh, I was the Balvikas teacher f- for them. Um, we taught them all, all faiths. Um, in the early years, the temples were just developing. They had developed. They didn't have classroom teaching or anything, but taking them to visit the temple just to show what it looked like. Um, and uh, over the years, the teaching also evolved as I learned more because mine was just osmosis, but I also learned more, read more. Um, and Ed Vishwanath's book, Daddy, Am I a Hindu?, was very helpful in uh, teaching the children as they, uh, my daughter and the other children as they grew. Um, we also incorporated um, principles from other faiths just so that the children were aware of uh, other traditions, um, you know, that they encounter, especially in a cosmopolitan place like Livingston was uh, with many different religions. I also became part of our interfaith clergy association and uh, became a priest in that. Um, And uh, I also learned from a Jewish teacher um, and uh, which was all uh, more of the metaphysical aspects. 
and i say that because it gave me the foundation and the training which um i will explain later how it helped me to understand and look at our festivals from an adhyatmic perspective that what is the underlying meaning of it by learning about others how they were interpreting their religion in different ways not just um uh looking at it from just the literal sense but the meaning behind it it was a training that i got from other sources from um and and my own teacher in in chennai swami parmarthanand um who is a wonderful vedantic teacher and who helped explain a lot of the underlying things it came a uh, knowledge you know when as if you seek it shall be given kind of a thing as as slowly as i progressed opportunities and knowledge came along and uh, i was able to expose my daughter to many different aspects of uh, uh, being indian in, in addition to being hindu being comfortable uh, wearing your uh, clothes and we walked for the first time in the memorial day parade that it's okay to wear what you are you know your ethnic clothes and be out in the public and um uh, tr- again trial and error tried many different ways to pass on the sense of indianness as well as the americanness that learn piano do do ballet uh you know all of those things so that the child uh, you know because you i didn't know what skills she would need and what she what kind of a culture would she grow up in so most of our attempts were to expose to as many things as possible so that when the child reached their own maturity they had things to fall back on because that's what i learned that i'm grateful that i was exposed to all of that stuff because when i needed i had all these arrows in my uh toolbox basically so whichever arrow i needed for my bow at that time i could shoot that and at least at least i had the basic knowledge of the skills so in our experimental perspective we try to pass that on to the children so the main, one of the important point that you made is that in order to teach these values and understanding of dharma to the children parents themselves need to learn yeah. absolutely very important yeah it is okay if you don't know something but it right. is possible to find out right from many sources right then explain to your children so it is right. a, Uh, learning together rather than uh, teaching uh, just teaching your children what you know uh, right and another thing in this context somebody else one of the other interviewers interviewer has, has pointed out was that uh, we don't want superiority complex or inferiority complex in our children what That's we right. want is equality complex right uh, uh, that uh, you don't feel that oh my culture is so great that you know western stuff is all no good or the other way around that uh, you feel shivled then uh, you feel uh, the west is very well advanced and we are from the stone ages neither of this is true and so having equality complex is what uh, you want to inculcate in your in your children mm. no you are very right as you rightfully pointed out a lot of people do feel that oh everything started from india and you big you know and uh, and everything here is not so good and you're absolutely correct balance is the most important thing very good now you also have um, 
performed as a priest uh, priestess <laughs> i would say so when did that get started and how was the experience and who helped you along the way um so when i started my interfaith journey i didn't know much uh, I, i i was not sure how to present it so i actually used swami vivekananda's uh speech uh, that he made in chicago at the first parliament of world religion as a starting point and i made a powerpoint presentation of it and i would talk about hinduism from that perspective because i felt confident that what i'm saying uh is backed by somebody like swami vivekananda and i'm echoing his his perspective and that's how i started moving into that kind of an uh role of representing hindu hinduism um and as i was doing that um in livingston uh, we had an interfaith clergy association uh big of, of it was intended it started a long time ago just brief history uh as a way for uh, each group of uh, from a protestant to catholic to jewish people coming in for them to understand because in this country the religious identity plays a great role in the public platform um so when in the 1990s there was an incident against an asian child uh the mayor of the town said to me anju why don't you participate in the clergy association given your interest in these things and uh you can reach the hearts and minds of people through that so that and then there was a british woman who was my adopted mother <laughs> she pushed me she said you should represent your and so i i i am giving credit to her represent uh the your community in that so that's how i started putting wearing that clergy sort of persona and um then i was actually really more interested in the metaphysical and the vedantic and i used to think well what is the point of pujas this takes so long to do and who are, you know you're praying to to the murti and stuff i did not have full understanding of what puja was and it so happened that somebody asked me to do satyanarayan puja and dr mg prasad who is no longer with us now he was a very learned person in new jersey um and had uh, started a lot of educational efforts in new jersey um he gave me a few books and i realized what the interconnection between the adhyatmic and the the uh, the metaphysical the vedic and the the way we practice is then i got hooked and when i was doing it and and uh, putting the sanskrit aspect uh, with that um i found that with my powerpoint presentations i could explain to people as i was doing the puja so then i moved into doing the puja realm because i thought of that uh, taking the concepts from dr ng prasad of what is multifaceted vedic hinduism because we need to learn ourselves first what is hinduism how does it connect before you do a puja so i took it upon myself to to put all of that together i do not take very long but i feel that a lot of hindus come at for pujas like me and don't understand what it is why are we doing it and they think that oh it's mumbo jumbo uh it's somebody saying something in sanskrit 
And I found my niche in trying to explain that. And in the process, understanding it. And that has taken me down my Pujari journey. It started with Satya Narayan Puja. Uh, understanding what the inner meaning of it is. And now, as you know, I, I'm, I'm doing the weddings and stuff. But when you explain what it is, then there it makes perfect sense. And you see the beauty of what the ancient minds had tried to put into practice for us. I see Hinduism as the practical aspect of the Vedantic thought. It's very hard to just know philosophy. How do you live it out in daily life? So the whole Hindu infrastructure, which became very structured over the years, and then the structure itself became like, you shall do this and you shall not do this. And it held people in place. However, it provided a way for people to be able to do things and practice that which was what the Vedas were teaching. But over time, that connection and the understanding of what it is that we are doing got lost. Mm -hmm. So in my own little way, I'm trying to bridge that understanding and say, no, this puja, what does puja mean? Why are we doing it? What does the deity mean? Why, you know, all of that to help people understand. And so I enjoy doing that. And I, I, I so I'm taking that role now more as being a pujari in trying to explain to people more of what our tradition is. You know, so I, I would suggest if, if you are so inclined to have another session, another interview on the uh, puja and its meaning. Okay. But so sure. today, is there anything else you would like to add? Well, I do want to talk about the seva aspect. As yeah. I had mentioned that in the public pl platform, what people see and how you express your tradition and values, especially in this country, it is through service. The Christians do a great job with it. The Sikhs do a great job with Langar. Hindus do, and Anadanam is part of going to a temple and doing the, the you know, service. But in the public platform, we need to learn our own stories because they're important. They're archetypes which help us to understand the history from which we came and the culture which we came. And we all need some sort of a connection with uh, who we are, with the identity. At the, uh, ultimately, who, who am I is a very metaphysical aspect. But as a group of people, it's nice to know what your tradition was. So to bring from that context, to bring that underlying meaning out into the open, um, and serve through that is what I feel a way for people to to see Hinduism in practice. Absolutely. Puja is one way, but Seva is a way that you can do with others and be on the same page as them when they are doing for their faith. You do for Diwali, you do for whatever festival that you're doing with. And I know we've talked about the festivals of service, but you do... And that's the, that I think is an important aspect of the Seva. And we tried to bring that out during the time that I was with the White House uh, by having five conferences focused on how do we energize Seva and exploring different ways in which in the public platform, we bring our values to life. So in and that context, um, I have two ideas. One is that there is this home squad 
uh, at, at HSNC, and I would like you to uh, maybe sitting down with the home squad people to see if they can uh, get your ideas incorporated into their, uh, their structure, as well as at the Hindu Student Association at Duke, uh, uh, sitting down with uh, their co-presidents and sure. chaplains someday. But the other thing I wanted to mention is that this interfaith, uh, there is a triangle inter interfaith alliance, and I've gone there sometimes. And mm -hmm. before that, there used to be uh, uh, faith, uh, something, something I forget what it was called, interfaith group at Duke University also, which I participated in. These are very good experiences. So yes, mm -hmm. indeed, uh, you've covered a huge amount of material here. So is there anything else you want to, uh, any parting thoughts? To I for the young people as they go through to, to find if uh, today there are many ways in which you can understand the stories, to see the stories, understand the underlying meaning of it and not to reject them that, oh, they're irrelevant, but to see, pick what is relevant for you, what connects with you and to bring it out in, you know, bring it into action uh, through service or whatever it, uh, speaks to you, but to be connected with your, uh, with some aspects of your tradition. And the tradition should be understood and whatever and you can understand, implement that. Yes, indeed. That's, that's correct. Very good. Well, thank you very much. And Juben again uh, for taking the time to do this interview and Hari Om. Hari Om.